This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you would like to be part of the program today, all you have to do is pick up the telephone. We've got three hours. 800-848-WABC is that number. 800-848-WABC. As always, we welcome anyone with dissenting views. We're not about censorship here. Well, I mean, unless you say something completely absurd. That's vulgar or whatever. And let's hope the host doesn't do that. Um, there's a lot of news, of course, as always. A lot of news about the January 6th committee that wrapped up its um, television sideshow. Or as uh, one writer put it today in AmericanWire.com, the one-sided show trial. And apparently the Democrats, here's what, here's, I love this paragraph. The best indication the public hearing held by Speaker Nancy Pelosi's politically motivated House Select Committee investigating January 6th, 2021 didn't sway public opinion ahead of the November midterms as the Democrats plan the second round in September. So apparently, uh, what we learned from AmericanWireNews.com is that the Democrats are going to do this again. Now, there have been polls that show that people have heightened their criticism of President Trump, some people, after watching this side show. My take is that most people besides those in the Democrat echo chamber, don't care a bit about these hearings. And that maybe there are some people that will, from fatigue, say enough of this already, but President Trump is going to be a formidable force after the midterm elections as people await his decision whether he's going to run in 2024. Uh, Princess Di, who was going to be with us later in the program yesterday, gave us an indication of a huge story, and that is the plans that are already being made if President Trump decides he's going to have a second term or run for a second term and succeeds, what he wants to do when he's in office. We got word of that yesterday with Princess Di, and today that story is starting to explode more and more. People are talking about it. In fact, Steve Bannon talked about it yesterday as well. Now, Steve Bannon's conviction is going to be appealed. That is in the news today as well. This kangaroo court, this 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 Soviet-styled disinformation committee, 
is not going to get the last word in public opinion. This is a contemptible way to do business in the United States of America. It's not worthy of the American judicial system, or I shouldn't say it wouldn't be worthy if the American judicial system were clicking on all cylinders. What we have now, and I spent some time talking about this yesterday, is a two-tier justice system. There is definitely a justice system set up for Democrats so that Democrats can get away with their criminality, with their wrongdoing. And that extends, by the way, not just to the political world, but to Democrats on the street level. You see it time and time again. We saw it the day before yesterday, Lee Zeldin, who's running for governor in New York, attacked an assassination attempt. Let's call it what it was. It was an assassination attempt. And yet within hours, the person that committed that offense was back on the streets. This is Democrat Party policy. It's not just here. It's in the United States. And across the country, you see many indications that people, the the populace, aren't going for it. Yesterday, <clears throat> the... Baltimore State, uh, the, the attorney in Baltimore, this Mobley woman, she was tossed out. She didn't win the, she got primaried out. You have Gasson in Los Angeles, another one of his high-level aides quit. And you see all around that people are becoming fed up in the United States with what Democrats have done and are doing to the judicial system. We are going to spend some time talking about this J6 committee. We've got a few stories there. I want to also spend some time talking about COVID. Biden has COVID. We all know that. We all wish him well. I have not read anything from anybody that wishes harm on Joe Biden. Everyone is wishing for the president's recovery, as they should. But there is a great article in the Federalist.com today, Media Sugarcoat Biden's COVID After Predicting Death for the Healthy. This is an important distinction. Remember when bureaucrats and talking heads warned you ominously that COVID was so arbitrary, it was so arbitrarily deadly that you couldn't go to church? Your kids couldn't go to school, that you couldn't have Christmas dinner with your family. If you didn't triple mask, you didn't wear triple mask, you were in danger of killing your grandma. You killed grandma. Yeah, Biden has COVID. And if you came down with the virus, wow, you were selfish, evil. You're trying to kill us all. But... Since COVID is typically dangerous only for elderly people and people with compromised immune systems or other high-risk factors, shouldn't we just put measures in place to protect those people, let everyone else choose to live our lives? That's what most of us said. But no, 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 not a chance, we were told. They insisted even kindergartners needed to get a COVID shot to save lives, a shot that doesn't protect against infection or transmission, even though the vaccine snobs still praise it every time they get sick. 
Thank goodness for this vaccine and the 19 booster shots that didn't prevent me from getting the virus. If I had only got 18 boosters, why, I'd have been a goner, folks. And yet now that President Joe Biden has contracted COVID, all those people who warned you the virus should leave you in constant fear for your life are awkwardly trying to avoid eye contact. And we all wish the president well in his recovery. He's 78. Biden is a far higher risk for severe COVID complications than the average American. Far more vulnerable than the millions of school children that were banned from their classrooms by the COVID gatekeepers. But are those gatekeepers as worried now as they told you to be? Biden's age puts him at risk, but expert predict boosters and Paxlovid will aid in a quick recovery, NBC News assures us. President Biden, double boosted, is in good position to fight COVID, adds the Washington Post. The author, Ellie Reynolds, says, my personal favorite, also from Washington Post, Biden's COVID diagnosis shows the benefits of avoiding infection. In other words, Biden getting sick shows the benefits of avoiding sickness. Real J-School brilliance there. Now, again, I spent some time yesterday going through the media coverage when Donald Trump had COVID. The same mainstream media was saying this was First of all, they blamed Trump himself and his cavalier attitude for getting COVID. After they got through blaming Trump, they went on a political tear as to why Trump pretty much deserved to get COVID because of his lack of leadership. And it went on and on and on in every mainstream press. It was nothing but vitriol and hatred. Not well wishes for his recovery. Not thoughts like, oh, we hope he gets well. It was just blame, blame, blame. And now with Joe Biden, you see that the coverage is completely different. This led me to think deeper about this COVID thing. And I want to be really careful about what I'm I'm about to say because I don't want to make anyone have the impression that I have turned the corner, flipped the dial, and I'm going into kook territory here. But I'm beginning to believe that the COVID... I'm coughing, excuse me, the COVID, and it's probably COVID cough. I'm beginning to believe that COVID is the biggest scandal in human history. Not that it didn't exist, it exists. But the lies and the disinformation 
from governments around the world and the lack of transparency are something that we have never seen before on this scale. We should not and cannot argue that COVID was not deadly. We have millions of people, well, over a million people, dead. But we also have strains of the story that go far unreported. You may find a story here or there, for instance, that follows some of the money trail. But we haven't seen all of the money trail. There's a story today, for instance, in the Daily Mail. And thank goodness for the Daily Mail because you have to go to a British paper to get things that Americans should normally get, but you will not find in American papers. And why is that? There's a story today about the executives at Moderna. Listen to this. Executives at COVID vaccine manufacturer Moderna triggered property boom near Boston headquarters. They're talking about the millions and millions and millions of dollars that the executives from from Moderna, which was a fledgling company before this COVID, the millions of dollars that have been flowing into the hands of Moderna employees and executives and how they're splurging and spending it on multi-million dollar properties that most people would never be able to afford in their wildest dreams. As Moderna's profits soared during the COVID-19 pandemic, their executive and even their employees have been reaping the benefits in the form of pricey real estate close to the company's headquarters in the Boston area. According to a new feature in the Wall Street Journal, one unnamed Moderna executive put in an offer to buy a unit on the 17th floor of the St. Regis building overlooking Boston's harbor for $4.9 million dollars. On the same day, a Pfizer executive bought a condo in the same building on the 16th floor for $4.8 million. And this article goes on and on and on with the multi, multi multi-million dollar real estate deals that Moderna employees have cashed in. I don't represent, I don't, I don't, I don't at all resent people making money. And that's not the point of this. The point is, who benefited from COVID and who is benefiting from COVID? And at the same time, you have to realize that there are reports that are growing every single day about people that have been adversely affected by these vaccines, but these vaccine companies have immunity. So in other words, if you or member of your family gets hurt, by these vaccines, and it can be proven, and I'm not saying that it has been proven. Let's be very careful. But if you do get hurt, what recourse do you have? Because these vaccine makers have been granted immunity. 
So who do you go to? Meanwhile, these guys are filthy rich. Something's not right here. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. We're coming back. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But we'll be right back. And again, your call is welcome, 800-848-WABC. Coming right back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77, Andy Gibb brings us back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How long has it been since you heard that one? Diego, Mr. Mixmaster, bringing you the beautiful sounds of Andy Gibb. Let us get back to this business with COVID, shall we? Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, was on with Brett Baer last night on Fox News. And... Again, we're talking about this COVID virus. The White House COVID czar, Mr. Fauci, who has long insisted that COVID was likely transmitted from an animal to its first human patient, now says he has an open mind about claims that the virus was leaked from a Chinese lab. This is another flip-flop for Anthony Fauci. And earlier, Dr. Fauci had said that this whole idea that it was a uh, a leak was a shiny object and it's going to go away. Now, now, all of a sudden he's saying, well, we've got an open mind about this. Look, folks, from the very beginning, members of our intelligence community, and I know because I talked with one, and who told me what the thinking was with he and others in the intelligence community, suspected that there was a lot more to this, and said unequivocally that this was not a animal to human. This was back in the days when we were talking about bats at a at a market being responsible for this virus. We still do not know how it happened. There is an incredible lack of curiosity, not just from American media, but from media all over the world. You would think that if something took millions of lives, if something disrupted the world, this wasn't a disruption of just the American economy. This was a disruption of the economy around the world. Not only did people lose their lives, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, 
But more people lost their livelihoods. Business was shut down. The way that society was ordered is now not the same. In fact, there's a story today about the number of people, I believe it's somewhere 25% or I could be wrong about that number, maybe it's a bit higher, that have are now showing up in offices in San Francisco. The rest of the people aren't showing up anymore in their offices. And as a result, small businesses are continuing to close because there's no one there in the city, in the downtown area, to support these businesses. So the economic impact of COVID is still happening in cities across the country. Now, some of this may be good. People working from home, that spurs a new kind of economic development that we hadn't seen before. You know, more deliveries, for instance. In my own life, I probably, I've never used as many delivery services as I have in the past two years. I don't like to go to the store anymore. Why just go online, order what you want, somebody shows up with it. Does it cost a little bit more? Yeah, but you you spend less time in the store. And you don't have to be around all those snotty-nosed kids running around sneezing and coughing all over you, running around banging into you because their parents don't know how to discipline them. So it's a convenience. But the point is, We have had a worldwide catastrophe. It has impacted people in the United States. You had these draconian measures by governors like this, like that woman in Michigan, who I can't believe even has a chance of being reelected. Gavin Newsom is riding pretty even though he was one of the most draconian governors. Thank goodness our own Andrew Cuomo is no longer governor. But instead we get stuck with this Hochul person. We have had seismic shifts in the way that Americans live. Let us not even begin to talk about the number of dollars that were wasted in fraud, We still don't have an answer to that. There's a story today about prisoners in jail that got COVID funds in a scam. The the billions of dollars that were wasted by this government because of this COVID scam, this inflation that we're facing now is partly due to the profligate spending that took place during COVID, so-called COVID relief. There are hospitals, and we know this because doctors are talking about it. They can't go on social media and talk about it because they get censored. But if you look on Telegraph, if you look on other sources, doctors are talking about the fact that hospitals were claiming people were dying from COVID when, in fact, they were coming in with other symptoms. And the reason was purportedly that the hospitals were being compensated for each COVID case. Well, what happens if you're getting money for something? You get more of it. If you're going to pay me to say every person that comes in with COVID, we're going to pay you some money, well, hell, everybody coming through the door has COVID. 
so I can rake in the dollars. The way that this country, the governments, the federal, starting with the federal government, dealt with this pandemic is just as corrupt as everything else is starting to look like in our entire political system. And we still are scratching the surface on the level of scandal with COVID. We haven't talked yet about the scandal surrounding the treatment, the efficacy of the treatments. Donald Trump mentioned the word hydroxychloroquine. As soon as he did it, the news media in this country went to political warfare against Donald Trump. They're going to prove he's an idiot. They're going to prove he's the biggest jackass that ever lived. And so within weeks, we had a report that hydroxychloroquine didn't work at all. But it turns out later on, we found out that that report wasn't peer-reviewed, and a peer-reviewed report said it was nonsense. Hydroxychloroquine was effective. So now Americans are torn between trying to figure out who's telling the truth and who's not. How do you get this when we're talking about a pandemic? Everything that Trump talked about, there was a political move on from the Democrat Party and their allies in the mainstream press to disregard it, to discount it. That is not acting in the best interest of a country. It's not acting in anything other than a political interest. That is why I say this could be the biggest scandal in human history. We have millions of people around this world that were suffering, that had this disease, and yet we have a new class of billionaires around the world among the pharmaceutical companies when there were drugs available that many doctors say did work that cost only 19 cent, 20 cent a pill. But no, you can't use those. We have to have this new vaccine that, by the way, doesn't stop transmission, that doesn't stop infection, but everybody should still take this vaccine. And don't worry, the government is going to pay the cost for the vaccine. So here you go. You don't have to pay for it. But you are paying for it, but you don't have to pay for it directly. And out of that, now we have pharmaceutical companies that have pharmaceutical companies that have made billions and billions of dollars unchecked. And when you get reports now that people have suffered grave consequences in some cases. These pharmaceutical companies could care less because they have immunity. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza coming back after this. We're in beautiful Yankee Stadium with the finest people in all of New York. August 6th, Yankee Stadium. The best part of your life is still in front of you. The wait is finally over. Your destiny will outweigh your history. Hope is coming to New York City. You're going to laugh again. You're going to love again. You're going to dream again. Join Joel and Victoria Osteen live at Yankee Stadium for a night that will change your life. Come home to hope. Saturday, August 6th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. 
Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. Yet when it comes to workers' comp insurance, you rarely get the savings you deserve. That's because insurance companies tend to lump you in with other businesses, and you can get overcharged. At Pi Insurance, we're on a mission to change that. With Pi, you get a quote specific to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. If you like savings, take three minutes to see how much you could save at trypi.com. Pi makes workers' comp insurance as easy as Pi, with friendly representatives just a call away. No wonder customers rate our service excellent on Trustpilot. You work hard to build your business and keep your employees safe. You deserve more from your workers' comp provider. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote today at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E dot com. AccuCity Incorporated in New York, New York, seeks a global account manager to be responsible for acquisition management of new accounts with emphasis on Spanish-speaking and Portuguese-speaking clients. A minimum of a bachelor's or equivalent in business management or related, plus three years of experience in the job offered or related is required. Employee reports to Acuity Inc. office in New York, New York, but may telecommute from any location within the U.S. Apply by mail to T. Hayward, R-E-L-X Incorporated, 1100 Alderman Drive, Alpharetta, Georgia. 3005. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Every time I hear Roxanne, I think about the uh, Beverly Hills Cop first movie. That opens up with Eddie Murphy in a jail cell. Well, this is open, but singing Roxanne. I saw him at uh, Radio City. Turn this out. Well, so we have now, let me just try to do a quick summary rather than belabor the point. Folks, everything about this, every single aspect of this pandemic raises questions. How did it start? Where did it start? Why did it start? And what I mean by why did it start, I always found the timing of this curious. And I don't want to, again, go in the weeds But I'd just like you to think about something in terms of the quote-unquote timing. Donald Trump had done what many people thought was impossible. He had turned the American economy around. He was having successes by honoring his campaign promises to change the judiciary in this country by appointing people who were allegiant to the Constitution of the United States. And by the way, we're seeing the effects of that even now. Donald Trump had changed America's economy from one that imported energy to one that exported energy. 
Americans had jobs and prosperity. The hatred for Donald Trump never stopped from the left. Then Donald Trump said, okay, we're going to take on China. China has been raping America, stealing the intellectual property from our corporations, manipulating the currency, which affected the currency, which affected our prosperity here. There was a huge trade imbalance. And by the way, China was getting away with sending defective goods over to this country in large scale, like the sheetrock that they sent over that was defective. Millions and millions of dollars in unnecessary home repairs all across America due to this defective sheetrock from China. China was also, as a nation, I don't know government policy or not, shipping in illegal drugs. A lot of the fentanyl that has addicted so many Americans is believed to come in from China, Mexico. China was an enemy of the United States and was running an economic war against the people of the United States. No American president had the gonads to take on China until Donald Trump came along. And Donald Trump didn't just talk about China when he got to office. He's been talking about this for over 20 years. So Donald Trump raised tariffs on China. He took on China economically. And guess what happened? China's economy took a hit. All of a sudden... China was worried about their own economy because of the so-called trade war. And what did our press do and what did our rhinos do along with the Democrats? They all condemned Trump for starting a trade war with China. But what they didn't report was that Donald Trump won the trade war with China. China made concessions favorable to the United States. And this was the biggest political feat in the last half century in terms of just politics. This is huge. This was the biggest foreign policy victory that a United States president has had in the last quarter century. We haven't seen anything like it since Ronald Reagan pretty much set the stage for the Soviet Union to collapse. And by the way, if you don't know about that, he did it through Star Wars, and he did it through making sure that he called the Russians, the Soviets, out. That's another story for another day. So here we are now with Trump riding high, looking like there's going to be a second-term shoe-in. What happens? COVID happens. Where does COVID originate? China. Do we have a clear answer even to this day as to how it happened? No. Do we have any curiosity about how it happened? No. And instead what we had was a shutdown of the American economy. We had all this blame on Trump, and now look what happens. We had Joe Biden coming in saying, oh, 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 he screwed up COVID. He screwed up COVID. Elect me. I'm the adult here. And then we had an election that many people to this day think was questionable. COVID served a political purpose to get rid of the Trump presidency. Am I saying that it was a planned conspiracy? No. 
What I am saying is that there need to be questions, and this needs to be investigated, and Americans need to understand how this thing happened. But we don't, and there is no interest. The rhino establishment Republicans have zero interest in trying to figure this out. And, of course, Democrats and their allies in the mainstream press don't. So you have the political component. Now you have all the rest that goes with it. Doctors and nurses are being suppressed across this country from telling the truth about their interactions with their patients. Their speech is being suppressed. I have nurses and doctor friends tell me all the time that the number of athletes in this country, young, healthy athletes, that are suffering because they were, quote-unquote, jabbed. I don't bring this stuff to your attention because I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what I saw this morning. I saw a story where some 35-year-old Notre Dame athlete with some with a, a loving family dropped dead while jogging, and it's unexplained. And then a few minutes later, in another newspaper story, I see how some 25-year-old athlete that was playing in college just suddenly dropped dead, and no one knows why. And I'm saying, okay, where's the curiosity? Why is this happening? And then when you look internationally, you see similar stories, more than you ever have before. Am I saying that there's a direct relation to COVID? No, I'm not. I'm not saying it. But I'm saying nobody's putting any of these dots together. And nobody's either disproving it or proving it for real. Why not? Why are we demanding that kindergartners take a vaccine and for billions and billions of dollars more in profit when they have a 0.001 chance of a fatality. Why is the government demanding this? Who's making the money? And then on top of all of it, Dr. Fauci will not say whether he or other members of this government are getting royalties from these very same pharmaceutical companies, and it is the law, somehow or another, that members of our government don't have to tell us if they have a vested interest in making side money from pharmaceutical companies for things like the vaccine. This is a scandal with multifaceted tentacles. And nobody in the establishment mainstream press in this country is interested in finding out any of the answers to any of these questions. Therefore, whereas it is going to be up to an independent press to emerge from this And an independent press is going to need an independent infrastructure because if you try to go on the infrastructure that already exists, you will be suppressed and thrown off. Interesting to note that OAN finally lost its last hold on trying to reach the public. Verizon just kicked them off their platform. 
if you oppose or have a different point of view than the politically correct view of the left, you will be suppressed. We need a wholesale change in this country, folks. This is a dangerous moment. It's a dangerous moment for truth. James Golden, Snurley, coming back. Your calls coming up, and we've got a lot more to do. Jan 6. There are some other stories, too, I want to get to, like that kid that was shot in the face and killed by the corrections officer. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. How can this not be one of your all-time favorites from Toto? Hold. I mean, this is an iconic song. brings us back. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, Cousin Brucey tonight. Remember, Piscopo with Sinatra this weekend. Dina Martin. We've got great music shows here. You get the best of both worlds. You get the music, you get the talk, you get the news, everything here on WABC. Let's head to the telephones. And let us start with Mark in Long Island. Hello, Mark. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. On our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Mark? Okay, Bo. Good morning. Love the show. Second time calling in. Uh, I just want to get through a few bullet points here about what you said this morning with the vaccine. I know several people who got the shot and who got violently, violently sick from it. Uh, probably close to my age. I'm in my mid 60s. I mean, people get sick from the flu shot or food allergies, you know, but this is being forced down your throat. I know two people, not personally, who have died within 72 hours from receiving the vaccine. And as of today, the autopsies are still considered incomplete. My daughter, who was on the NYPD, got the vaccine because she was told to do so or to lose her job, has seen two cardiologists because she's got myocarditis. Now, what did she do? Get fired for not taking the vaccine or possibly get sick, which she did from getting it? I have two other boys on the job, one who just got canned a month ago, for refusing to take the vaccine because of what happened to his sister. He went for a medical exemption and was denied. Now, you can't bring a suit, as you said, against the vaccine manufacturers, but now you can't even sue your employer for terminating you if you refuse it. I mean, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And on the second point, uh, what you said about the kids being up, I'm not an expert on the Internet, you know, in research, but I've seen... More kids die from peanut allergies and eating stuff they're allergic to at 3 and up than COVID. Yet now they're going to be forced to take COVID in certain school districts and doctors and stuff. And I agree with you 
The negative, I'm not pro or for or against. I'm for my body and my choice. But you're right. People who are against it are being vilified. And some have legitimate reasons. And, and, it, and it's sad. And I do believe that even if they find out the truth, it'll never get out there. They'll never admit they were wrong because how are they going to explain to maybe 100 to 200 million people that you got a vaccine that you were forced or pushed to get that may not be safe? I don't get it. Well, I think this is what we have to, I think this is going to be one of the major battles coming up for people that demand the truth from government in the coming years. This is why I continue to talk about this, because what we're seeing now is worse than anything, or it, it, it is akin to what we used to see in the Soviet Union. And I can't believe that this is happening in America. You outlined it perfectly, Mark. You've got a state that is demanding the government, the state is demanding that you do something. You do this or else, or else we'll strip you of your livelihood, we'll strip you of your job or whatever. When you do it, if you then suffer adverse effects, you have nowhere to turn. The government doesn't take care of you if your heart goes, if you, if you suffer any, anything else. No one's even studying that, that I know of. No one's is issuing any studies publicly on how many people are saying that they have had adverse effects within the, within days, weeks, months of this. We don't see the information that we would normally see. We know that this was rushed to the market, and with good reason. I'm not debating any of that. But what I am saying is, where is the truth in all of this? And you have these government officials demanding that people do something, and then if they suffer from what these government officials are mandating, they have no recourse. This is fundamentally wrong. It is fundamentally immoral. And we cannot, those of us in this society cannot afford to shut up about this because if we let this stand, this is the model that government will be dictating for the remainder of time. We have to push back on this. And like I said, all of this happens, and yet you have these executives from these companies running around swallowing up all the most expensive property in the country because they they have come upon a windfall. And no one, not the left who usually talks about the rich and the poor and equity and all this stuff, no one on the left seems to give a damn about where the money from this thing is really going, where is it ending up, and who is benefiting from this scheme? So, Mark, thank you very much. Your summary was brilliant. I do appreciate it. Let us go to Wilfred in Newark, New Jersey. Wilfred, welcome. You're on Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Thank you. Hey, I called you a few couple months ago and told you about this uh, virus in the, <clears throat> in the vaccine. I told you that a couple of months after it came out, one of the doctors that will help make the vaccine said that it's going to create other problems because it, it changes your DNA. That's what I was telling you. And it it, does, it just makes something work more and something work, work less. And about the dying, if you just start checking on how many people, young people under 30, been having heart attacks or, or real serious uh, heart problems or just dropping dead. And, and you can find it out if you go read those papers uh, 
that Pfizer put out that they wanted to save for 75 years, but they made them give them out. You read in there and you'll see things that happen. <laughs> and they were covering it up even in there, which you can see. Wilfred, thank you for the call. What is it? Go ahead, Wilfred. Finish your point, please. Oh, okay. As far as you're talking about a scam, just think of it. When the vaccine came out, they told you a regular vaccine won't work by getting a weaker germ. They said, you got to use this. And then they're using it, right? Then, and they were, the whole world was, you know, taken over for that one world. Well, what happened was the virus wasn't as bad as they had blew it up to be. But they was showing you all these people dying, even if they had virus and came in for something else. They said COVID-related or whatever. But if you just stop and think, why are they make? Why is Biden firing, you know, soldiers, you know, for not taking the vaccine when the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting it and it doesn't prevent you from passing it on? So why would they make that, you know, mandatory unless they was making money? <laughs> hmm. Wilfred, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. These are interesting questions, folks. Why are members of our military being told, you do this or else? It's not just the military. It's all over the federal government. Do it or else. Do it or else. Again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Anyone thinks I am, you're nuts. I took the vaccine. And I don't regret taking it. I took the vaccine. I don't regret taking it. What I do regret is that there is so much suppression now of information and we have to get to the bottom of this. We can. This is spread over everything. Look it. If you want to tell the truth about biology when it comes to genderism, you get suppressed. You get thrown off. If you want to, if you have an alternate view as to what happened in the elections, you get thrown off social media. They call you a kook. You're a nut. You got to get off. You can't talk. Um, Scott Soko, my chief engineer, is putting together right now. 10 minutes of Democrats in the past refuting the results of the elections. But if Republicans talk about they they don't believe the results of elections, what happens? They're called kooks. They're called nut jobs. Right? You look at every single aspect of society now where you go up against what the left and the progressive institutionally are trying to force society into. If you dare raise any objections, they will throw you off of out of the public square and try to discredit you if you're a professional and take away your livelihood. This is dangerous stuff we're doing. This is the denial of liberty. This is the denial of freedom. This is the denial of America. This is not the America that we had merely five years ago. This is the kind of oppression, and that's what it is. We call it suppression, but it is oppression, a point of view that doesn't conform to the stated view of the establishment, the ruling class, if you object to it, you will lose your livelihood. You will be subject 
to the worst that this government can do to you. This, my friends, is not the America you grew up in. This is a cause for people to awaken from slumber. This is not a typical back-and-forth political battle we're in. This is political warfare, and the left means to crush you. Hour number one, done. We've got two hours to go. We're going to talk about that J6 thing. There are so many other things. Democrats, education, the district attorneys, and anything else you want to talk about. Have at it. Most nervous Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues with hour number two coming up. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Stay with us. A lot more to go. And we're coming right back. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It is indeed. I'm Bo Snerdly here with you. It's Saturday morning. Welcome one, welcome all. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. We're going to switch gears a little bit, but if you want to talk about this, this what I think is the scandal of history, this COVID scandal, have at it. And by the way, hats off to Mark Stein. Mark has been uh, not with us the last three weeks on Tuesday. He's usually with us every Tuesday. Mark has been overseas. And one of the things that Mark has been doing, he has been doing some courageous work talking with a lot of the people that have had adverse reactions to these vaccines. And their stories have been suppressed. And Mark is one of the ones globally that is trying to bring to the attention of people that this is a real issue that needs to be addressed. And hats off to Mark. I mean, this is this could be a career ender for people. And that's what I guess is the thing that's most disturbing for me. Where do we get to the point that if you do solid reporting on something and you can factually base what you're saying and you're talking to people about their own experiences, all of a sudden there are people who want to take your career away from you. You see it all over with the left. You see it with Dave Chappelle. For goodness sakes, the man can't make a few jokes without having this coordinated effort to shut him up. You saw it with Rush Limbaugh all these years, the hush-rush movement. This has been developing a long time from the left, and it is in overgear now. It's, It's intruding on almost every single aspect of American life. There is, of course, a lot of J6 news in... New York Times, the January 6th panel, after eight hearings, where will the evidence lead? The House Committee, they say, set out a comprehensive narrative of the effort to overturn the 2020 election. Now, that's a lie. Well, okay, it's not a lie. Let me pull that back. It is actually an accurate statement. The House Committee has set out a comprehensive narrative. However, the narrative is flawed because they came into it with a one-sided point of view, and that's the point of view that they 
established. They didn't let anyone in that committee that was pro-Trump. This has been a hack job from the beginning. This has been political theater put on by the Democrats and their willing media accomplices from the very beginning. Comprehensive, compellingly scripted. Yes, that's right, compellingly scripted by Democrats. Packed with details that Democrats wanted you to know and leaving out the details that they didn't want you to know. The eight hearings of the House Committee investigating the J-6 attack have laid out a powerful account of President Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. Scott, do you have any of that? All right. All right, this is what we continue to get. You have Liz Cheney, who is praised to the hilt today. There's one article in here I can't wait to get to about Liz Cheney and how she, Liz Cheney, knew her assignment, and she did her assignment. I'll get to that. That was in WAPO. Um, The one is Representative Liz Cheney, the Wyoming Republican, who is the panel's vice chair, said explicitly is to convince voters that Mr. Trump, who has made it clear that he is likely to run for the president in 2024, should be disqualified. Well, Liz Cheney doesn't get to disqualify anyone. The Constitution sets the parameters for who runs for president, not Misestablishment rhino Liz Cheney. Every American must consider this. No, they mustn't, Liz Cheney. Can a president who is willing to make the choices Donald Trump made during the violence of January 6th ever be trusted with any position of authority in our great nation again? I'll tell you who's not trusted. You're not trusted, Liz Cheney. And I can't wait till the voters of Wyoming have their say on you. And hopefully, it's not guaranteed, but hopefully, hopefully, your career will be over come November. I can't think of a bigger rhino traitor than Liz Cheney. And I love Dick Cheney. I love Dick Cheney. I thought he was one of the best vice presidents we've ever had. Liz Cheney? Ah, Scott, elections. Let's hear Democrats. And all of this is on Trump trying to overturn an election. Oh, Republicans, Republicans, they're trying to, to say that the election didn't. Go ahead. Let's hear what Democrats have had to say in the past about elections. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the elections. Clinton. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president Harris. in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Biden. Folks, look. I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Jimmy. He lost the election. And he was put in office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this. Jerry Nadler. President-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump 
is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually Hillary was. Clinton. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Debbie Russian interference. It absolutely is a cloud Ted of Lee. illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. Hillary he knows he's an illegitimate president. Hillary Stolen Clinton. emails. Stolen drone. Stolen drone. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> the Russian attempt to hack the election. And frankly, the FBI is uh, weighing in on the election. FBI I think tried the, to cool. Make, makes his election illegitimate. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still Hillary don't know Clinton. what really happened, Isaac. I mean... There's just a lot that I think will be revealed, history will discover, but you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigan stuff going on and yeah. not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. Yeah. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference, and now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with Debbie Washington Schultz. He knows he's an illegitimate president. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. Hillary. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. We actually won the last presidential election. Folks. Terry McConnell. They stole the election. election. I think he won it anyway. Actually, I think I carried <laughs> This is Al Bush Gore. versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. If all the votes were counted. Terry McAuliffe. That Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be back in office. I come from Florida, where Corey you Brown. and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. Jim I McCarter. rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. Maxine Waters. Because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. Al Hastings. Delivery the chair and an attempt the to chair must remind It is signed by myself on behalf Sheila of my Jackson diverse Lee. constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the people of the United the, States, decided Barbara this election. Lee. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over, our candidate had won the popular vote. And the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. Now I'm going to go have a cigar Jeff with Monica. Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Terry Court McCullough. hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. The yeah, Supreme yes, Court elected the president. Debbie Al Washington Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. But the Supreme Court tampered? That's a large charge. Tim Russell. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes. And if they'd Terry McCullough. Al Gore would have got the necessary vote. The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Jarvis. Bush did not win this election. What I observed uh, as a voter, oh, wait, a citizen of Illinois, four uh, years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. I don't think that George W. Bush won the election. Uh, in 2000, I guess they'll go because I, I think that he probably lost 
Florida and also that nationwide. If you invite Pardon. me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes there. The court has been we'll supporting Jimmy, the formation of the popular Jamie will. Raskin. The most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoying the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida. Who's going after Trump America now. His first court-appointed president. On his phony <laughs> committee. I think in 2000, everybody thought, well, he did win the election, Al Gore. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. Damn right we're not. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio. Well, this would be Nancy Pelosi. And malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts. Stop it. Have led to additional. Stop this right now. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, suggesting that the election machines were part of a crooked scheme to take away their election victory. Those would be the Dominion machines. I wonder why Dominion hasn't sued Nancy Pelosi. Pick it up. ...loss of confidence by the public. The right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations... Suggesting gross voting rights violations gross and misconduct, I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral oh, votes. Oh, we don't want to count the electoral votes. Who wanted to vote were not, in fact, counted. This last Friday night, That'd I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy of my book. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen. Oh, Kerry says the election was stolen. There's lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of voting machines in the U.S. Stop Therefore, it. it would be... Stop, 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 stop. That would be Teresa Hines Kerry. Teresa Hines saying... That two brothers, that be George and Jeb Bush, own 80% of the voting machines. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, therefore, there's a problem with them old voting machines. Because you see, the Republicans, Republicans, evil Republicans, own the voting machines. Now, here's what we have. All these Democrats, you see, and they're more, we got more, we got about, we got about four more minutes of these Democrats going on and on and on about how these evil Republicans done stole that election from right underneath the American people. That's what they did. The two evil brothers, that be Jeb and George Dubba, George Dubba and Jeb own 80% other voting machines in the United States of America. And by owning them machines, you see, ladies and gentlemen, they have to be them dad Dominion machines, but they own them, and therefore, on election night, they crooked it up to vote. That's right. They crooked it to vote, and that's how Republicans win. Now, you heard before that, it was the Russians. 
Now, we know that Hillary Clinton and her friends over at the FBI, her friends over at MI6, that be that that be the James Bond people over there in 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 the UK. Them folks over there, that Christopher Steele person from MI6, that James Bond type, they came up with this phony dossier, and they said, they said, I'm telling you some of the stuff they said in, the, in this dossier. They said that Trump peed all over the bed. He had pro- They did. I'm not lying about that. This is what they took to the court. They said that President Trump was in a bed with a bunch of prostitutes over there in Russia, and he peed all over the bed over there because he was so mad at Obama that he peed the bed in there just to get back at everybody. That was part of it. I'm not lying to you. Go look it up. It's in the Steele dossier. And they said, oh, President Trump, why? He and Vlad Putin, why? They just bros. They just, you know, hanging out together, trying to do everything to collude. Now, what they didn't say was that it was actually Hillary that put this thing together and her campaign people. But never mind that. That's just a small detail, the fact that it never happened. The thing that y'all have to remember, though, see, is that Republicans steal elections. Republicans own them voting machines, and we can't trust them voting machines. Why? These Democrats was over there out trying to overturn an election. And how could we let that happen in the United States of America? We need a committee. That's what we need. We need a committee. And we need to put Liz Cheney in charge of all this. Because, you know, the only thing Liz Cheney care about is Mecca. That's the only thing Liz Cheney, even though her daddy was vice president to one of them Republicans that own 80% of the voting machines in America, we need Liz Cheney to sort all this out for us. Because then Republicans cannot be trusted they steal elections. They suppress the vote. And we just can't let this happen no more in America. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, it ain't Donald Trump here. Trump just following the tradition started by Democrats who say the election's been stolen. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. There used to be a gray and tower alone on the sea. Seal brings us back on WABC. You know, a lot of people came on to Seal later. 
So you play his first album for people, and people are like, who's that? It's Seal. And his first album was Gangbusters. I remember when Seal's first album came out, I was buying copies of it and giving it to some of my friends. It's like, you have to hear this guy. So this is from the first album, and appropriately titled, the first song on his first debut album was called The Beginning. And this was Seal. This is the way Seal started his career, his public career. And wow, it still sounds great. Seal, the very beginning, the new album. And it was simply entitled, the album was entitled Seal. Hold on to love. Anyway, that was the beginning of Seal. Let's head us back to the telephones. Why don't we? Uh, Pamela, Central New Jersey, welcome you on Bo Snurley Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. How are you, Pamela? Good morning. Um, I've kind of drifted away from listening to uh, constant, like, what are we going to do? This is what's going on. But I tell you, you've been on fire the last three days with a mission, and you're right on. The way you know you're in a banana republic is this. We all know there's corruption in this world. Anybody who's lived knows that. But usually criminals try to keep it a secret and try to act shocked when they're found out. The difference now is we've got Congress people inside training, trading, and when they're confronted on it, they just said, no, that didn't happen. And when we have the Russian hoax, yep. no, that didn't happen. And it's it's putting it right in our faces and making a mockery of the American public. Also, when Pfizer came out with the results a week after, that was a blatant example of banana republic behavior. What do you mean by that? Tell people what you mean by that, Pamela. They came out with the results magically a week after the election so that Trump couldn't get any credit for it. And we know that they mm-hmm. – so, um, you know, and there's many other examples. There's many, many, many examples. But when a, a government actually throws it in your face and, uh, for want of a better word, smears your face in vomit and says, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? And that's what's happening now. Exactly we all right. know it's there. That's the difference. They don't even care that we've got – the border so unprotected now that we have a record number of illegal immigrants streaming into the country. And this is in plain sight of everyone, and they don't care. They're not even trying to pretend they care about the border. In fact, Mayorkas testified two weeks ago and just said, ah, come on, the border's secure. Everyone with any brains knows that America's border right now 
is open for business. We had a case a few weeks ago where people, uh, these two guys were caught with a million and a half dollars of fentanyl. They released them on bond and an appearance to show up. Guess what? Shockingly, they didn't show back up in court. So you've got criminals being released left and right. You have all this disorder and chaos. You have food shortages in the United States of America. Did you ever think you would live to see the United States of America looking like Russia, where parents are going in looking for baby formula and they can't find formula to feed their children? That is still happening unreported, except for the Daily Mail, a British paper, but it is still happening across America. We have gasoline prices now, rivaling prices in Europe, and we have Biden's press secretary, this poor little girl who doesn't even belong in the job because she barely knows what she's doing, saying we should all be celebrating because the prices are going down. We have ineptness, incompetence, corruption, At every term, this is what the Democrats have done across this country. And you're right. They don't apologize for it. They're smearing it in our faces. And as you said, Pamela, so what are you going to do about it? You get the last word, Pamela. And it's like the boiling frog. We're becoming more and more used to it and accepting of it. And that's what happens in banana republics. We just don't. Pamela, thank you for your. It is time to fight back in November, folks. Let me tell you something. These Democrats cannot be allowed to retain the House of Representatives. They should have the Senate of the United States stripped from them. I don't care how much money, and they are pouring money in. Right now, the fundraisers and the the, the, the coffers for Democrats in the Senate are bulging. These guys are raising so much money in hopes that they will be able to at least control the Senate, even if they lose the House. We have to make sure that they are driven from office. But even then, I have to tell you, there's more work to be done because, sadly, many of the Republicans that we have elected are also disappointments. You look at the likes of Liz Cheney. Look at the likes of what we've gotten from Mitt Romney. You know, Joe Manchin is taking a lot of heat for Democrats, but he's trying to save their party. On the other hand, we have Republicans that have openly despised conservatives, and now they are also, also speaking up with their hatred of Trump and of conservatives. We've got a lot of work to do, folks. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Oh, wow. Rod brings us back. Boy, Diego, you are really getting to know me really well. You know this is my favorite Rod Stewart song.
Maggie. Let's head back to the telephones on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's go to Stephen in the Bronx. Stephen's been waiting a while. Stephen, thank you for your patience. We appreciate you hanging in there. What's on your mind this morning? Yeah, hi, James. Well, first of all, I like your bumper music. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good way to, it's a good thing to hear. Um, second of all, this, uh, this, this feeble old creep in the White House has a China virus. I don't care. Everyone who, everyone who, everyone he surrounded himself with and everyone who voted for this have ruined my life. I'm the one spending a fortune to go to the store. I'm the one spending a fortune to pay for a few drops of gasoline for my car. I'm the one watching my retirement go right down the toilet. And I'm not convinced that the election this year is going to change anything. Well, here's what I think. It, look, I understand, but let me just – I want to be realistic. We have a lot of work to do, Stephen, and so I understand your sentiment. But here's what it will change. Once the House of Representatives has changed, if that is indeed what voters decide, the Biden administration's aspirations for more spending is dead. Right now, right now, the only thing that has stood between the Democrat Party and you paying even more for energy is Joe Manchin. The only thing that stood between the Democrat Party implementing this horrific Green New Deal that the progressives have demanded from Joe Biden is Joe Manchin. The only thing that Democrats, the only reason Democrats have not been able to implement this Build Back Better nonsense that would have even driven that would have driven inflation up even worse than it already is is Joe Manchin. They are so angry with Joe Manchin that they can they there's no words. But they have to try to keep it under wraps because they still need him to try to push through anything at all that they want. Now, there's a lot of anger brewing at the Democrats from the younger base, and I have that story. Also, Jill Biden has suffered popularity, a, pop, a popularity drop, and that is not looking good, although she's still going out on the campaign trail. I don't want to be misleading and say that us, if, when I mean us, that Republicans taking over the House of the Represent- House of Representatives is a panacea, and that everything's going to be bright and rosy afterwards. No, because we don't have the true levers of government, even with that. But it's a start, at least to put a halt to this terrible, terrible slide in the American economy under. Joe Biden, if we get a Republican president that actually wants to take care of business, like Donald Trump. And I can't wait to hear from Diana Mee, Princess of Policy, who is going to tell us all in the next hour what Donald Trump's plans are should he win again in 2024, if he runs and wins. That ought to bring some level of comfort to you. We have to 
we have to hold firm in 2022. Between 2022 and 2024, it's not going to be an easy period, but at least we'll be able to put the skids on Joe Biden's ruination of this nation. Then we have to gear up because if you think what they did to Donald Trump already is bad, you can't imagine what they will pull out of the closet in 2024. So, again, I don't want to dissuade you, and and I'm not trying to to be Pollyanna and say, okay, let's all just rah, 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 and everything is going to be cool. It's not going to be cool, but it's going to be better than it is today. And then incrementally we can improve on that until we can get the levers of power back. But this time we have got to, as well as, as well as, going after politically the Democrats, folks, we have got to get rid of some of these rhinos. They have to be replaced with solid conservatives. We will not advance the country with these rhinos standing in the way. First stop on that, this election, please, Liz Cheney has got to go. And there are 13 more I'll talk about as we get closer to the elections. We have a caller coming in that disagrees and I've always promised that if we have callers that disagree with me, I would move their call up. So let me know when this caller in Brooklyn is coming in is ready. He's ready. Neil in Brooklyn. Welcome, WABC. You're on with James Golden. How are you? Hey, I'm fine, Bo. Um, good morning. It's great to hear your show. Thank you. I, I just wanted to take slight exception to something you said in the last hour Okay. Um, about the vaccines being understandably or reasonably rushed into production. This is really not the case because uh, back in 2020, these government officials, uh, the Fauci's of the world, the pharmaceutical companies, the hospitals knew and hid from the public the fact that on average, most people dying from COVID had serious underlying conditions. On average, four underlying comorbidities such as Um, Heart disease, obesity, congestive heart failure, blood diseases, cancer, or they were very elderly, something like that. So there really was no reason for us to have to accept a vaccine that hop-skipped all the basic protocols and, and research stages. Whereas normally it would take, you know, five to 10 years for a vaccine. Even Fauci did say at the beginning that there was no way that we were going to get a vaccine rushed into production because of the, the normal time frames and the, the normal vetting and, and, and testing that we would have to go through from animal testing all the way up to human testing. But they leapfrogged all of that, as you said, because of the billions and billions on the table that these lowlifes had to, had to jump over themselves to get their finger in the pie as quickly as possible. And I believe that they probably tricked Trump into thinking that the warp speed was a reasonable way to do it. And um, the fact is that we have what we have now, a gigantic VAERS database, a vaccine uh, adverse events reporting database that most people don't know about. You don't know that you can go online and search it and, and, and if you, if you correlate all the people around you that have taken the vaccine, and I know many people that have taken it, and just about every one of them has had an adverse effect from Bell's palsy to some kind of ner- unexplained nerve condition to, to sudden um, heart 
issues, and you can search that up. And and only in the last few months did they admit that the numbers of children that they that they originally said had serious uh, issues from COVID was cut by about a third. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but that was back in March. Yes, I do. I do. They lied their heads off about that, and now they're shoving this poison down the throats of kindergarten children just so that they can go to a public school that isn't going to teach them anything except how to wear a dress and what to do with a cucumber. Well, number one, let me just deal with because we're going to deal with some of the schools. It's funny you mentioned that. We're going to segue into that right after the next break. I'm glad you raised the school issue. Neil, I agree with your underlying premise. But let me explain why I said what I said. Um, President Trump was in political peril with this. He had the forces of, and it was a wall of political war coming from the Democrat Party, every single branch of the Democrat Party, and and the rhinos saying he should do something, and you've got to do something, and the mainstream media. Donald Trump was standing up all alone, He, as usual. He didn't have anybody except for, at the time, Rush was still there talking about all of these things and defending Donald Trump. And you had others in talk radio, Sean, Mark Levin, and all the great talk show hosts around the country that were actually trying to bring information to people's attention. But pretty much Donald Trump was standing all alone and was pressured. And the story was that Trump was incompetent, wasn't going to do anything. Americans were dying. There was this, this was going to kill millions and millions of Americans unless something was done. And so when I say understandably, he did something. There's, it is, to me, a political under, understanding the political scene in the country. There required something. Now, am I saying that it was the right thing? No. Am I saying that? This whole thing, to me, as I said in the first hour of this program, is the biggest scandal, I think, in the history of the world, this COVID scandal. But understandably, to me, is politically understandable. Understandably, Something had to be done. And I would urge people to go look at the information that Steve is raising. I know I'm going to be checking out more and more of it in the coming weeks as I get time. I don't have a lot of time to do more research than I'm already doing on a weekly basis. But this stuff is important. And we need a coordinated response to the incredible misinformation and lack of transparency that is coming from this government about COVID. I know people are tired of hearing about COVID. But this is still affecting so many aspects of American life and our economy. And the suppression of doctors and people in the medical field, as well as in the political side. This has to stop, folks. This is dangerous for the future and security of this country. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Your call is welcome. We've got another, well, we've got another hour coming up after this one. We're going to make the best of all the time we have here this morning. So 800-848-WABC is the number to call. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Oh, no's politics. 
and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ario Speedwagon. Keep on loving you. Wow, I love this song. It's been ages since I've heard Ario Speedwagon. WABC Talk Radio 77. There's a new poll out, Democrat Omens in Education. Uh, and, and, and it is all about how American voters have long trusted Democrats more than Republicans on the issue of education. But now, now, imagine this, that's changing. The American Federation of Teachers commissioned a survey. And boy, did this backfire in their face of likely voters in battleground states, and what they found was 39% of those responding to the survey had more confidence in Republicans to deal with education issues versus 38% for Democrats. The number one problem, survey says, education has become too politicized, and guess who gets the blame for that? Democrats, for the most part. Now, we have some examples of why things are changing in public schools. Our good friend over at Libs of TikTok has provided us with some cuts as to what's going on in your public schools. If you haven't heard them, pull up a chair, relax, have some coffee, some tea, and take a listen to this. Okay, so it took a couple of days for me to make this TikTok um, without crying, because that's what I do. Um, please ignore the dog bone crunching behind me. Anyhow, um, one of my students uh, felt safe enough to share his pronouns with me. And when he did so, once the class knew that I knew, they all switched pronouns. They're second graders. Like, I'm torn between being really, really happy to be a safe space and just absolutely furious that an entire group of second graders has to keep this secret from not safe people. Why are kids feeling unsafe? And furthermore, why does everyone talk about how, how are the kids going to understand? The kids understand it. It's easy for them. It's the adults who have all of the freaking issues and hangups and bullshit. Kids are fine. Okay, so why he's furious because his whole second grade class has now changed their pronouns. Grooming. His whole second grade class now has different pronouns, but he's furious because they have to keep this knowledge from unsafe people. Who are the unsafe people they have to keep this from? Their parents. They can't tell their parents that the whole second grade class 
has changed their pronouns. Okay. Let's listen to our next example of what's going on in your public schools. I wanted to uh, make a video talking a little bit about what it's like being a teacher and being openly queer and sharing that part of myself with my students and my colleagues. Because it's a really vulnerable position to be in where you're continuously choosing to share parts of yourself with um, your community, uh, especially when it's something that you you don't know how people are going to react and you have no control over how they're going to react to the information that you share. Um, and being queer is still a thing that a lot of people are uncomfortable with and scared of, and so they don't understand queer people because they don't see queerness in their communities at all, which is why it's so important to me to be like out in my classroom and be visibly queer. Um, and that's why I wear these earrings and I have pride flags up because um, I think having queer teachers helps students to kind of break down and combat stereotypes that they see out in the world. Um, especially like with me, I don't fit into a lot of like the typical lesbian stereotypes. And so when I come out to people, um, a lot of them are shocked because I don't look like what they expect, right? And so I think having that exposure and that experience of knowing that you have someone that you're interacting with who does belong to the queer community um, and is a real person is really helpful. And like, I think, uh, uh, like, like we have like more, um, we have more of examples of what it's like in the public schools today. And, um, um, Diego, can you like, please like play like the next one? Like, please now. I've been wanting to do content around this day, which is really important to me as this is my first year as I'm out as a non-binary teacher. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to think how to talk about it and how to make it pithy and catchy. And I, I sent what felt like a pretty vulnerable email out to my colleagues, suggesting a whole bunch of resources for each division and offering to come into their classes. And I'm so grateful to the three allies or accomplices who invited me into their class today to read. I just read They, She, He, Me, Free to Be um, to a grade one class. And uh, I just read this book to a grade one class and one of the students came out as trans. Um, staff knew she was trans and we talked to her parents last night about me coming in. Uh, and they'd given it the go-ahead, and uh, it was such beautiful proof that kids of any age are absolutely capable of accepting anything that they are taught with love. Because her class didn't bat an eyelid. Um, didn't bat an eyelid at me not being a man-woman, both or neither. Um, didn't bat an eyelid at her having been born a boy and was, were able to make all kinds of beautiful personal connections. So please, no matter what age your kids are or what age you teach, 
It is so important that you teach them that trans people are valuable. Hey friends, I'm back after another class still with my lovely N95 redness. And I just wanted to say, it's been such a powerful day. I had another student come see me and make a plan to come out to his class because she hadn't felt confident doing that yet. And so that was really exciting to see that happen and to be able to facilitate that. It's exciting to see it happen and to facilitate that with the DJ, me, she, we, are, we, all, they, them, she, me. And this is public school, like in America, where we don't learn math and we don't know how to read and we don't know how to, we don't know how to do like any of the complicated math, like addition and like subtraction. But in the first grade and like the second grade, you can come out, you know, and be like trans, but we just have to keep you from the unsafe people, like your, your, parents and here we have the next public school teacher who wants well this is not a public school teacher but she identifies this one as a cat and so let's listen to the new cat woman be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and i meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult so here we go okay so first off we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kitten family. Then the happy or content meow. Meow. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kitten family is the I want to go potty meow. It took me a really long time to master this meow because it it needs to be really specific in order for my kittens to understand. Meow, meow, meow. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. Okay, and last but definitely not least is our in heat meow and we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention if you know what i mean meow oh meow i need help wiping meow uh the last example that we have we moved from kittens to frogs so uh for the frog frog sub pronouns you would say something like Frog went to the store and Frog got a new skirt for Frog Self. Isn't it so cute? And then for my bug pronouns, you would say something like, Bug's special interest is Monster High. Bug loves talking about it and it always makes Bug really happy. So bug pronouns, frog pronouns, cat pronouns, cat needs help wiping pronouns, cat needs help pooping pronouns and first graders like coming out like in class oh and like the whole second grade like class decided that they want to be like you know like a whole trans thing but we can't tell 
the unsafe people, the parents about it, because the parents like would not understand like that the whole second grade class now like is trans because like parents are so unsafe. We can't do that to the parents. We have to just keep it our little secret in school because this is what we learn in school today. Mommy, aren't you proud of us? Don't I get a gold star? That's your public schools today, folks. This is what you're paying your taxpayer dollars for. I wonder if the Chinese are teaching their children how to meow like cats. Our number three coming up. Don't go away. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Oh, goodness, here we are, hour number three. Yes. There's a story I'm holding in my hands. Transgender children are more likely to face mental health challenges, the study says. Uh, transgender children face heightened risk of experiencing anxiety and depression compared with their cisgender peers, new research has found. This is in The Hill. Transgender youth are also nearly six times as likely to experience suicidal thoughts, according to a study published Friday in the Journal of American Medical Association, that would be JAMA. And researchers use responses from more than 7,000 9- to 10-year-olds, including 58 transgender youth that understood the question, are you transgender? So apparently it is a real issue, 58 out of 7,000 9- to 10-year-olds. What is happening in this country, ladies and gentlemen? Young Democrats are furious at Democrats, but they're pushing through. Jillian Brookshire wanted to hurl her phone. Instead, she summoned just enough of her waning patience to delete the email from Nancy Pelosi. The House Speaker's fundraising plea landed in her inbox after the Supreme Court struck down the constitutional right to abortion last month. All right, the 20-year-old thought her political party in control of the White House and Congress should have done more to protect. It made me so mad like, it made me so mad like, I can't even deal with this. Said Brookshire, who's the vice president of the College Democrats of North Carolina. You have to focus on your own economic gain in this moment when millions of your people have lost their right to bodily autonomy. Like the senior at Campbell University, a private Christian college, was venting on a recent July evening to student leaders from other schools in the academic heart of this battleground state between bites of nachos at a Raleigh brew pub. The young liberals bemoaned a tough reality. Practically no one on their campuses seemed to like the Democrats. 
even college Democrats struggled to like the Democrats. That's a problem for the party across the country, including in North Carolina, where several congressional and state midterm races are expected to be competitive in order for Democrats to defy dire election forecast in November, strategists say, strategists, their base must vote with the fervor they showed in 2020, including the youngest Americans who turned out in record numbers overwhelmingly for President Biden. At stake here in North Carolina is access to abortion. The state has become a destination, destination abortion, for patients speak. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. Let's have the abortion tour. Here's a way to promote. Here's a here's a way to promote tourism. Come to our state to kill your baby. Never mind. Be nice, James. The state has become destination for patients seeking the procedure. The procedure. Isn't it nice how Democrats always dress up things? The procedure. I mean, can you imagine that? Let's put this in other, let's use those words in other contexts. The Nazis did their best to cover up details of what they did with the procedure. Right? Isn't that a way to do it? Or, how's this? How's this? Russian troops invaded another country today and used the procedure on the citizens of that country. The procedure. Yeah, anyway. The state has become a destination for patients seeking the procedure from its southeastern neighbors. Blah, 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 blah. So what they're going on to say is that while these young voters are all concerned that they can't have any more abortions, Nancy Pelosi's busy fundraising, and that's got the young Democrats really upset. It's amazing what upsets Democrats. I saw another one which just kind of disgusted me. They had the Washington Post today, this young woman, and it's all about how the HBCUs, the historically black colleges, are in these states where now it's difficult to get an abortion, and they had a young black girl standing out front. She's the abortion activist saying what they're going to do so that they can get, you know, more abortion. I'm like, don't you even know you're participating in a genocide? And you're standing out here proudly doing this? But I digress. Democrats are upset with Democrats, and, you know, my heart bleeds for them. I do want to talk about this for a moment or two, this Orbeez challenge. Uh, This is in the Daily Mail today, too. Orbeez challenge ends in murder after New Yorker 18 is shot and killed by off-duty cop. Now, this is a little bit kind of misleading. It wasn't an off-duty cop. It was a corrections officer. We don't normally say they're cops, although they are, I guess, law enforcement. Dion Middleton, 45, arrested, charged with the murder of Ramon Chalcinot, 18, after the teenager allegedly fired at him from a car on Thursday with an air rifle using Orbeez soft gel bar balls. 
These are what now this is being portrayed in the media as water guns. It's an air rifle. They're water pellets. They're in a gel, but it's water. Now anything that gets shot at you with an air rifle and hits you is going to hurt. And if imagine yourself driving in a car and the next thing you know, something is coming through your window and hits you and it stings like hell, you don't know in that instant, oh, that's just a water pellet or that's just a BB. All you know is you are being shot at with something. And this guy was armed. He got a, He picked up his gun and he shot back. And his shot capped a teenager in the face, sadly, killing him. The teenager was disfigured. It was so awful. It's a horrible story. But apparently this is another one of those TikTok challenges. These Orbeez, I had never heard of these Orbeez until, yet, until the story came out. These Orbeez air guns. And there is an Orbeez challenge on TikTok. Go and shoot strangers randomly. Of course, the kid that was killed, I shouldn't say of course, but the kill that was killed is a person of color. And so there is much upset over this. The kid's family is, of course, are just all over this guy. He's a 45-year-old man. Ramon could have been his son. What a coward. What do you mean, what a coward? Your kid shot at him. What is wrong with you people? Don't you understand that if your kid shoots at someone with an air rifle, your kid is likely to be shot back at? What is so difficult about this? If anybody, if you have ever been hit with a BB, have you ever been hit with a BB? No. Hey. No. Okay, I have. Those damn things hurt like hell. And immediately when you get hit with a BB, your skin bruises up, welts up. It's not fun. You, If you get hit with, look, people, I hate to admit this. I knew people who you had BB guns when we were kids. And these psychopaths used to shoot animals with them. And they would kill the animals with BB guns. They, these things are deadly. They, if you get hit in your forehead or any or in a really sensitive area of your body with a BB gun, it can be life-threatening. And so imagine being hit with a water pellet, as it's called. It's got a sting. And so this, this, this kid, this 18-year-old, and look, I'm not trying to jump all over the 18-year-old. Boys do stupid things, okay? Having been a boy, I will tell you, Boys do stupid things because we're boys, and we have this thing wired in our brain to be stupid, okay? We do stupid things when we're boys, and some of it, surprise, surprise, even carries over to manhood. Let me give you an example of my own stupidity. The first time I got a real pressure washer that went like 2,800 PSI or something like that, 
man, this thing was really powerful. I'm there with this thing. I'm shooting water out of it. I'm like, man, this thing is powerful. I wonder what would happen if it touched my skin. And so I aimed it at my arm, and I shot it, and the skin came off my arm, and I'm bleeding there like crazy, and I'm saying to myself, oh, man, that was stupid. And so I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, what happened to your arm? And I say to the doctor, well, I had an accident with my pressure washer. What kind of accident? I shot myself with the pressure washer. doctor looks at me and says, that was stupid. But men and boys do stupid things. We are curious. What would happen if? What would happen if I do that? And so this kid, okay, ooh, a challenge. What would happen if I take my air rifle and shoot somebody with it? It's stupid. But the kid is dead. The only thing missing from this horribly tragic an incredibly tragic story is that Black Lives Matter isn't protesting because the quote-unquote cop that shot him is also black. Back right after this. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Here to address the stupid guys of America, of which I am one from time to time. I mean, men do stupid things. I'm sorry. We do. Because men have a stupid gene. And it runs through. It starts when you're a little boy. And it starts with that wonderful question, what would happen if I do this? What would happen, Mommy, if I put my hand on the stove even though you told me not to? (laughs) Mommy, what would happen if I go too close to the swimming pool when you told me not to? And it continues all the way up through adulthood. See, you have girls, Princess Di. You don't know what this is like to be a... But no, you have a husband. You know. I do. Absolutely. That power wash story is just so hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about it. But it's true. I did it. I did it. I was like... And and, and the question came. And I should have realized from previous experiences with... when I have scars all over to prove the, the what would happen scars. I have them already, and it doesn't stop you. Because no matter how many times you do stupid, you're still a guy, and there's still more stupid left. Okay? So I got the power washer. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, damn, this thing is powerful. I wonder what would happen if it did this. And it doesn't occur to you in that moment. Don't do this. This is bad. Well, you know, I'm telling you, the world needs men and women, and that drive to, you know, press the edges of the pie, being the pioneer is a very important driving force of humanity. So there is a good side to that male prospect. <laughs> All right. Now, yesterday, and thankfully, you, you told me about a story I hadn't read from Axios, that President Trump, that there are plans underway if he decides to run. You discussed this yesterday. Today, OMG, this is all over the place. But I did, did you, something. Did you I read did, it? No, I 
talking because I wanted to hear you. No, I, I, I printed the stories and I said, I'm not going to read this. I want to hear what Diana has to say about it. So Princess Di, the floor is yours. Tell us about this. Tell us, please. And I am just as anxious as everybody else to hear this. Please tell us. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. I know you printed it out. It is very long. It's almost like a book-length piece. It took me probably 45 minutes to an hour just to read through it. But it is so encouraging. It is good news. It is something that we as Trump supporters had wondered about. What did he learn from his first term, and will he make similar mistakes? Has, is he going to do things differently? And apparently, for months and months, there have been meetings in Mar-a-Lago and new think tanks that have been formed to support the Trump agenda who are vetting personnel for a new Trump administration. And these meetings focus on two things. One, how to get rid of the obstructionist staffers in the bureaucracy, and two, how to staff up a new administration with supportive personnel. So these meetings and planning have been going on, serious planning, so that there is an administration in waiting, ready to pop on day one from the transition time, as opposed to last time. If you remember, Trump had focused all his energies on winning the election because he had the uh, establishment of both parties against him, and it took full-bore concentration, and he uh, outran them, out-politicked them, and won. He knocked off, I think it was 17 competitors. in the primaries, right. In the primaries, and then won the election. And the transition period, he had really little planning for, and he relied on the uh, Republican Party, the GOP. Chris Christie. Chris Christie was the one in the transition that headed it up until his ego got the best of him and he got tossed, and it went downhill from there. Yes, and it wasn't just his ego. He deliberately uh, peopled the administration places with establishment uh, personnel. So he was working against Trump's America first MAGA philosophy, and there were a lot of people in the Republican establishment who were very happy to, quote unquote, help Trump in his transition and new presidency by basically putting in people who would stop him from doing anything. So this time will be different the opposite is going to happen. And listen to how uh, this article, which is written by uh, um, Jonathan Swan and a host of other reporters in Axios, which is a left-wing website, but this is a warning. This is written as a warning to the political world of how serious Trump is and how extensive this planning is. And this is how they put it that these new groups and this uh, agenda is causing a breeding grounds for a new wave of right-wing personnel to run the U.S. government. And they are so upset that the plans are in place and that Trump will literally have the power to do this, to actually have the United States government follow his agenda, which is something that they worked very hard. And despite the fact 
that they were obstructing him, both parties, at every turn. He was able to accomplish so much just basically by force of personality and force of his relentlessness that he was able to work around them and brilliantly so in so many aspects. And they're looking at it now like, oh, no, now that he knows what it works, how it works, this is going to be horrible. One of the things that's interesting is what Trump had put in place at the end of his last administration, anticipating a victory, was something called Schedule F. This would have made a lot more people in the bureaucracy, I say, Schedule F is for fireable, but it would take away the employment protections for people who were politically um, motivated in the bureaucracy. It would cause all kinds of people to be able to be fired by Trump if so, if he so desired. So as soon as Biden came in, he got rid of Schedule F. So the minute that Trump is reelected, if that happens, the plan is day one, he's going to reimpose Schedule F. So remember that. Schedule F means fireable. He's going to fire every freaking body beneath the top-level agencies. And listen to how this is described. He will go after the national security apparatus. He will clean house in the intelligence community and the State Department. He will target the woke generals of the Defense Department. He will remove the top layers of the Justice Department and the FBI. I'm reading this as a warning, and I am standing and cheering. I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. He will be able, Trump will be able to actually enact smoothly all of his America First ideas that we all, as Trump supporters, voted for and have been stymied by both parties. So this will allow the Trump agenda to proceed. Now, you know it's not going to be completely smooth sailing because he will be sued at every turn. But that's another thing in here. There's a new organization called America First Legal, head, head by Stephen Miller, who is one of the most wonderful advisors Trump had. And he's assembling a list of lawyers ready to fill general counsel jobs across government. So in all the agencies and all the positions to have lawyers ready to fight for Trump instead of rolling over, as a lot of the Republican appointees did in the past, this is going to make a huge difference. So one of the one of the tweets i don't have it in front of me the wording that i had saved from november was david from who was a speech writer for bush and very establishment said he was worried about a second trump term because this is how he put it the velociraptors have learned how to use the doorknobs now this is a scene from from jurassic park and he was afraid <laughs> That Trump would figure out how to get around all this destruction. And it's true. This story from Axios proves that Trump and his, you know, velociraptors have learned how to use the doorknobs. They're coming in fully aware of how to use power, American power, legitimate power, the executive branch power. It was simply by force of personality he was able to do it. But now he knows how to use the illegitimate power the Constitution gives him. And so this is freaking out 
the left. And as you say, the results of this article that appeared yesterday is starting to trickle everywhere because no one knew how extensive and how serious these plans are. They are ready to roll day one. So it's a very encouraging thing. The the second part of this, in addition to getting rid of the existing bureaucracy with the Schedule F, there's also a lot of new groups that are America First oriented that are vetting personnel to be able to put into those jobs. Because not only do you need to get rid of people, you need people to actually carry out the agenda. So both parts of this machine-in-waiting, as Axios calls it, are ready to roll, and it is just so exciting to see that Trump figured it out. He's got people who are now working with him, and including donors and allies, as Axios puts it, who have the funding for these groups. This is a huge, large, wonderful, to us, operation, and cleaning house in the United States government has to happen. And this is why they will stop at nothing to try to prevent him from being president, including this 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 committee of ill repute, the J6 committee, and whatever else they can throw at him by way of trying to tie him up legally so he cannot run again. This is why it is important for us to make sure that we do not waver one bit, no matter what they try to throw at Donald Trump. You're absolutely right. And specifically, one of the people who has been uh, Trump allies is Jeffrey Clark, who was in the Justice Department and was one of the very few handful of people who was supporting Trump's legal challenges at the after the election. And he is part of this new think tank world. And he is spoken of often as a possible attorney general in a second Trump administration, because Trump will never make that mistake again of having an attorney general not on his same page. So what are they doing to Jeffrey Clark? Morning raids in his house. They are now hitting him with uh, ethics, uh, the Bar Association in D.C., ethics charges. So they are they see what a threat that that Jeffrey Clark would be as attorney general. So they are trying to see who these people are who uh, Trump is putting in place, and they're trying to hit him, smear him, dirty him up ahead of time. Now, this one, I think uh, Jeffrey Clark is going to be able to overcome these ridiculous charges. He had to testify before the committee in which he pled the fifth many times, and they're going to use that against him. So they are trying to dirty up all of Trump allies. One of the one of the other interesting things that in just a, a data point of the Schedule F, the uh, Axios piece says that this could apply to as many as 50,000 career government officials, federal workers. Can you, James, imagine the screams if 50,000 career government officials are given a pink slip by Donald Trump? Can you imagine the horror? (laughs) I cannot wait. This is what draining the swamp looks like. Yes, yes. And Axio says this is going to have a chilling effect on government employees.
employees and it would hurt our democracy because the government employees is a, is a check on the power of the executive branch. Now, there's nothing in the Constitution that says that the you know bureaucracy is supposed to check the president of the United States, but that is how it worked. It absolutely worked in the first Trump administration is that the bureaucracy was something that that stopped the agenda or or it slowed it down in many cases. So it is a wonderful thing to see how upset they are and how this will work. And they know it. It's the other thing, James, about this article. It is written as if this is absolutely going to be true. A second Trump administration, which which is really interesting. They are sure it's going to happen, which I think our side needs to realize how afraid they are and how they actually think on the left that the Trump administration is coming back with now the ability to open the doors. Well, there's some optimistic news for you folks from our very own Princess Di. Your Highness, as usual, wonderful to hear from you and I'm smiling. That's a great story. <laughs> and here's a better reason to smile. In God we trust, which I'm always going to remind us all. This is this is where our trust lies, in God. In God we trust. Thank you, Princess Di. We'll speak with you next week. Thank you, Sir James. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. Our little Philly International grooving right now. The OJs bring us back. Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff, Tom Bell, the Mighty Three, the Philly Sound from Philly International. Boy, I would love to get Kenny Gamble on this show one day. I know somebody out there knows him. Yeah, we have friends in Philadelphia. This is one of the OJ's biggest hits, of course. Neighbor surpassed by the love of money. Hop on the love train. Let's head back to the telephones. Tony in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Welcome. You're on WABC. Remember, Larry Kudlow's show comes up next. Tony, what's on your mind this morning? Tony, Tony, Tony. Static, static, static. Let's go to Warren, New Jersey. And, Bill, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bo. Uh, yesterday when you were venting about Steve Bannon, I know it's hard to get everything right, but if you recall when the, quote, independent counsel was asked by the AIG for the phones of the members, uh, surprisingly, 13 phones were either wiped clean or defaced. And we're worried about the Secret Service having routine uh, uh, messages deleted. And, and we're supposed to believe that it just happened that their phones were wiped clean. You know, I had forgotten all about that. 
Bill, what a great memory. That is exactly right. But only then, Congress wasn't too upset. No one seemed to be upset that the Mueller investigation guy's phones were wiped clean. Hmm, now they're upset because, of course, Secret Service. Well, that's a different story. Great memory, Bill. Thank you so much for the call. Really do appreciate that. Barbara in Long Island, welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Barbara? Good morning. Good morning, James. And first of all, thank you, thank you for Diana me. What a gem, and how wonderful that news that she shared this morning with about the battle call, going out to all Democrats to be aware of how, how ready Donald Trump is getting. Now I realize that the first his first term, he, he, he was just getting ready. He learned the ropes, and he is doubling down. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. But I'm calling really because... I wanted people to know about TikTok. It's a Chinese endeavor, and it's part of their plan to take over American society. It sounds crazy when you use words like that, but what was shown on Fox News this week was what Chinese TikTok looks like. And there is none of that nonsense going on, none of that that culture-destroying nonsense that we have on the TikTok, okay? And in China, it's all about showing children graduating, how-to uh, lessons in, in the violin and what have you. It's all that kind of propaganda that you would think goes on in a communist country. But the TikTok here is far different. And people have jumped on the TikTok bandwagon and, and in, a, in a typical foolish American way. We've gone whole hog. And now it's causing death and destruction. It, it, it's 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 insane how well brilliant. And if you insane. remember, Donald Trump tried to ban TikTok here, and of course the liberals had a cow when he did that. When TikTok and because there were concerns, and Donald Trump raised concerns. Number one, why are we sending all this data from our social media site over to China? And he raised the issue. That's right. That's right. God bless Donald Trump and Diana Mee's news is some of the best news I've heard. But it makes me quake in my boots, too, though, because, James, now they're going to find out, well, maybe they're going to up their game for an October surprise. I, I, I just, you know, I'm so afraid, but so uplifted at the same time. And thank goodness for you to bring in all of this to our attention. And I hope I hope you know, any Americans who need their mind to be changed about voting for Donald Trump because of what's going on now. I hope those people are listening, listening, listening. And thank you so much. Barbara, love you. Thank you, darling, for the call. We do appreciate it. Steve, Long Island, you're on. This is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Remember, post early's rush hour, 4 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Steve, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, good morning, Bo. It's a privilege. Uh, and you make my Saturday morning. I just wanted to make a quick point about how I think this administration has absolutely caused this uh, inflation. And then just ask a quick question. I think if, if you have five guys that are playing poker, everybody puts in $200 and gets 200 chips from the house. The chips are worth a dollar apiece. If the house is selling hot dogs for a dollar, you take one chip and you buy a hot dog. If halfway through the game, uh, the house puts a, thou a thousand chips and gives everybody another 200 without getting the backing for it, those chips are now worth 50 cents. It takes two to buy a hot dog. And the point is, 
that this administration didn't just spend money. They just printed money and they diluted the value of the currency. Um, the second point I want to I just want to ask you a quick question from top to bottom. Who would you say is the most competent person in this entire administration? The most this, competent person. This current administration? Current administration. Is there one person that you would say, wow, wow, she or, she's the best, or she's, I'm glad she's the head, she's this no, cabinet. No, sector. no, no, right. no, not one. And you know what is really scary about this administration? There was a story a week and a half ago that they, um, someone did the analysis of the total experience that the Biden administration had in private sector business. You know what the answer was? Zero. They don't have anyone in this administration in key positions of power who has any private sector experience. These are all government hacks that are ruling us from a position of not understanding how the economy works and how America's economic engine works. These are all theoreticians from the political circle. So there is not one person in this administration that I would like to see continue in any capacity at all. Not one. Thank you for the question. I appreciate your call so much. And you're right about the government printing money, which is why we have the inflation that we have right now. Wilhelm in the Bronx. You're on Boston early Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. How are you, Wilhelm? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm admiring your your show for when when you got in. I was uh, very uh, impressed today by Princess Di, Diana, what she said about these hundreds of government uh, employees that are destroying the the uh, country and. Uh, I am a, a victim of this, all these Democrats in New York, in the Bronx, that are not listening to my cry for help. Well, Wilhelm, you are not alone. We are all victims of the Democrat and progressives in New York. They are destroying this city. They're doing their level best to turn loose the criminals on the good people of New York like you which is why the Alvin Braggs, the Kathy Hochul's, all of them have to be held accountable for what they are doing to us. And further, in the country, all of these so-called prosecutors that are letting the criminals out, all of them, every single one of them, should be held to account. Thank you. James Golden, Boston Early. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We'll be back. More right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Mixmaster Diego presents Summer Breeze. See the curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday night. Little light is shining through the window, lets me know everything's alright. No, 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 no. Summer breeze, seals and crops. 
Summer Breeze, the Isley Brothers. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's head back to the telephones. Thanks, Diego. Frank in the Hamptons. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Bob. I want to go back on that uh, kid with the uh, water gun there. Yeah. I have a couple questions. First of all, um, out here we have uh, places where you go play war games, in buildings, out in, in nature, which involves paintballs. Right. Now, when you go and play that game, it's very similar to that water gun that he has, okay? you you got to get all suited up with pads. You have a face shield. You have all this stuff. So it really does hurt. Now, getting back to the water gun itself, are we sure that the corrections officer, I mean, we don't know yet, but are we sure that the corrections officer was actually shot with a water pellet and not a, a, a paint pellet? All right. He could have been shot with a paint pellet with red dye in it, which is most of the colors are red when when you play these war games. Okay. Well, and the other the, side of it. Mm-hmm. Let me just answer you. We don't know. and But there's also, we had a caller that couldn't hold on that said, what is happening a lot with these air rifles shooting these water pellets is people freeze the water pellets. They put them in the freezer before and then use frozen pellets. So this stuff sounds pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous. Well, that's really painful uh, when you freeze the pellets. And uh, the other thing was is that they also sell pellets that uh, contain pepper spray and tear gas. And, uh, yeah, we don't know what he was hit with. Was it actually water? Was it frozen? Was it one of the uh, components there? And if he saw the end of the barrel of the gun, you know, there will also be uh, painted orange on the end to indicate that it's a toy. But, uh, you know, the kids these days, they get some spray paint, and they uh, they get rid of that orange, so it looks like they're a bad dude. They got a real gun when they don't. Well, and he was shooting from a car. This was like a drive-by shooting. So who knows? I mean, this thing is just fraught with danger. It just, it's unfortunate. But this is just not what, what one paper said, playing with a water gun. This is a lot different than that. And I feel sorry for this kid and his family. But, man, this was just a, this was just not smart. And I also feel bad for this corrections officer. He's on his way to work, for goodness sakes. He's shot at. And so he reacts and he shoots back. And now he's in jail. Two lives potentially ruined by this. Frank, thank you so very much for your call. We appreciate it. Love to hear from you again. Let us go to Susan in Brooklyn. Hello, Susan. Hey. Oh, me? Oh, my. What a show. Uh, I'm going to practice rapid phones with you. Um if I'm not mistaken, and um, it's my belief that uh, Fauci, uh, before Donald Trump was even inaugurated, had mentioned something like that the President Trump might have a pandemic. Do you recall this? I don't, Susan, but I shall look into it. Hmm. Hmm, I say. Hmm. Meow, meow. 
Thank you, Susan. Appreciate the call. Let us go to John in Staten Island. John, welcome. Thank you for holding. Thank you, uh, Bob. Listen, I was going to say, constitutionally, um, we, we are uh, have a, what do you call, man, woman, uh, God basis of what everything is. When everybody started this LGBT uh, and all these different gender equations that they added on, i like to find out, is there a lawsuit possible that we should have a, uh, you know, grandfathered in clause? Because as far as I know, everybody in America and every other country was brought up. There was a man. There was a woman. And then anybody else that wants to be a cat, uh, him, her, his, it, whatever they want to be, they could be whatever they want, but don't impose it on everybody else. Like in New York, you could get, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, whatchamacallit. They could do uh, give you a $10,000 fine because you can't say the right word. That's, that's totally impossible. Well, I'll tell you what. You raise an interesting point. You see, this is all about <clears throat> changing everything, that all the societal norms. And this is what Democrats are trying to do with the school system. And this is why... Right now, American families, as they become more and more aware, American parents, of what these liberals are doing to their children in public schools, that's why I play as many of these cuts as I can so people can actually hear what is going on with the people that are tasked with with teaching American children. And what you're hearing is frightening. Let us go to Peter in Franklin Park, New Jersey. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that, John. Peter, what's... Hi, Peter. Hello, Bo. Always a pleasure. Say, three quick points. First of all, McCain, when he was running for president, by the likes of Blinken and the rest of them, couldn't even pass the square peg test. And also, uh, I called you earlier in regards to um, the pandemic and the cell phones and so on and so forth and this upcoming election. And you called it. You said, hey, look, they're going to bring back this pandemic just before the vote. And here it is. It's right in Here front of us, right in our face. Here we are, round three, and supposedly this latest one is what? Easier to transmit than ever before. Wouldn't you know? Peter, thank you so much for the call. Let's stay with Peter and go to Peter in Franklin Park, New Jersey. Peter, welcome. You're on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Peter? Hey, not, not too bad, Bo. You, you're getting to a lot of points. Uh, and I got to say, just uh, Rush was doing you. You're doing what Rush used to do, too. I, I love that thing what you did this morning uh, about all the phoniness of the uh, Democrats with their with their complaints about losing elections. I mean, that's not put on the air. And I, I call to say that the, something has to be done about the mainstream media. When I when I saw yesterday and I know it because I wrote to Rush about this way back about the media and how one side it is and, and our side needs to have airtime we just need airtime some uh, on tv just like they do Look we need a new infrastructure peter this is not peter i hear what you're saying i'm just gonna i'm gonna take your remark and run with it for a second because time is short and thank you it is not airtime that we just airtime you're right but we need the infrastructure you see because when you have the airtime and the left doesn't like what you're saying well, they kick you off. OAN is now dead. They've kicked them off every platform that they were on. Verizon was the last one. So unless Republicans get hip and start to actually build a parallel infrastructure, just having the air 
isn't worth. We need the whole kit and caboodle, a new infrastructure along with it. And thank you, Peter, so much for the call. Lower East Side, let's hit John up. Hi, John. Welcome. Saturday morning radio yes. extravaganza. Yes, uh, Bo, how you doing? I hope and pray for this country. I am a veteran, and I would serve again at age going to be 77 soon. But I want to say, make a comment. I hope this can get to Donald Trump, what he is wrote that he's going to do once he gets elected. Tell him to, I'm a, we, we American citizens and veterans, 100% behind him. I know I am, and I think you are. Now, he will win, but he has, he needs God on his side. We all need God. And let's Put God first, all of us. Then Trump we will win, and he will do the, what he has to do, and we will be okay. But only with the help of God. Now, John. also about the about the airtime, Bo. We uh, we can we American citizens, you, I, and millions of us could put get that money together and get. The infrastructure, that airtime. We should have done this a long time ago. I agree with you. Thank you for your service to this nation. We love you, John. And thank you, John. And you are right. In God, we trust. Mike in the Poconos. Time's running out. Wanted to get to you, Mike. What's on your mind? How you doing, Bo? I had the pleasure of speaking to you the first time a couple of weeks ago. I was driving. Uh, Chick Korea and the thing. And that last caller, man, raise a glass, bro. Raise a glass. I'm 68 years old, Bo. I was a drummer back in the day. And music, you know, summer wind and everything else. And uh, I'll tell you what. You got an up-tempo show. That's why I'm tuning in. I'm going to uh, about 30 miles away, Mohegan Sun. See if that shadowy, elusive lady luck. I'm not a crazy gambler, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Who's your favorite drummer? Uh, well, you know, uh, Gene Krupa, I, I studied when I was a kid. And Buddy Rich, you know, Buddy Rich uh, and uh, Carlos Santana, a friend of my brother's, I met him years ago. Oh, forget it. Uh, but you know what? Uh, when I tuned in, and I was driving that day on 84, which I'm going to in a little while, and I said, no, it's, I'm all right, Bob, I'm in the right lane. Let all these speeders just go by. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, well, well, you mentioned uh, some great guys, and, man, there's so many, like Philly Joe Jones, uh, like Billy Cobham, Tony Williams, Lenny White. Of course, my favorite will always be Omar Hakeem, my brother. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that very much. My friends, I'm sorry I couldn't get more calls in. They're pouring in. But it's time to go. Here we are at the end of another Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and I thank each and every one of you for getting up early, for staying with us here and for the kind words, and also for the disagreements. You know, we have a great conversation here every Saturday. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, they can be a part of it too. Oh, have a great weekend. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. I'll be back Monday at 4 o'clock for both Nerdly's Rush Hour. Thanks to my crew, my call screeners, Diego, Mixmaster, Scott, my chief engineer, everybody, Jen, Rich. I've got the best crew in radio. Thank you, guys, all of you. We'll see you next week. Bye.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.